0: Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode number six of the Runner's High Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm one of your hosts, co-owner here at Runner's High and Freehold, Craig Siegel.
1: And I'm Grace Madigan. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can find us on iTunes using the Apple Podcast app, SoundCloud, or Spotify. You can also follow along with us using the handle at NJ on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
0: All right, so with us in person this week, we have very special guest, Amanda Marino. She can be described in many ways. Uh, three-time Olympic trials qualifier, two-time national champion with our own Villanova Wildcats, uh, or local legend star while uh, high school down the road here at Jackson Memorial. Uh, around these parts of the store, she's known as and described as friend and ultimate badass. So Amanda, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I was so excited when you guys started a podcast, so it's cool to actually be
1: on one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate the, uh, the time, so uh, let's get into it.
1: So your experience as a runner is more than most will ever accomplish. Um, so how did you first get into the sport and how has it affected your life so far?
2: Um, I was one of those kids who started running based off of uh, soccer. So I, I began playing soccer for a travel team in Jackson when I was about nine. Um, and when I got to middle school, I joined track and I started out running the 100 meter hurdles. Um, eventually <laughs> one meet, me being me, I asked the coach if I can run the 1600 and I ended up winning. Um, and that's kind of what jump started everything. And then as I became more of a runner and, and got more into it, um, I think I just naturally developed a passion for it. Cool. 100 meter
1: (laughs) sprints to marathoner.
0: So it's taken you from you know Jackson, you know right down the Mm -hmm. road, Um, you know very accomplished high school runner, and then moved on to Villanova. Um, That's also we missed each other by
2: like a year, two two? years,
0: or yeah, something like that. but back-to-back national championships in 2009 and 2010, which you were a huge part of. um, I think you were top 10 in both of those races. Yeah, sixth and
2: 10th, my junior and senior year.
0: Just ridiculous. (laughs) Um, But talk a little bit about, you know, running in college, um, kind of what it took to compete at that level, um, you know, at the very, very top and elite level.
2: Um, college, I think, was it was right place, right time, right people for me. Um, there was just a really great atmosphere, and my coach, Gina Percaccio, she really got us all to buy into the program and to really believe in ourselves and kind of practice um, during our workouts, practice what we should have been doing during races. So I think by the time we got to our races, we were on autopilot, And there was just, I I like to think of it as, there was just this like magical spark that allowed us to to have all that success that we did in 2009 and 2010. Um, And in terms of the kind of what I had to put into it, um, thinking back, I feel like it was really intense. I feel like I sacrificed a lot of things without knowing that I was sacrificing them. Um, First and foremost, kind of like the typical college lifestyle. Um, but, you know, that's that's what it took. We all did it. And because we were all disciplined and going to bed early, um, you know, during season, especially around the bigger meets, it didn't seem abnormal. Um, but I definitely feel like we all were, were putting everything into it. Um, and And, you know, it was nice to have that success after being that all-in um, to see to have those rewards for doing that
0: yeah I mean I think it's a hu- obviously it's a huge payoff with a national championship but um, I think like it's it's I don't know my experience and looking back like it's now I feel like the routine is so would be such a struggle mm-hmm. but when you're doing it it's like second nature yeah you know I mean?
2: yeah I, I think of that actually with what I'm doing right now I'm mm-hmm. like I, I'm doing kind of something similar now um, just as an adult and with a career and I, I just chip away every day and I'm like I'm going to look back on this one day and be like you were a psycho <laughs> because I look back at in at what we did in college and you know writing papers on airplanes and and whatnot and I'm like how did I do that but I'm kind of doing like the same thing right now so it's interesting to see how it all circles back
0: yeah I mean I think you know I'm a little bit more removed from it a couple of years down the road. And I'm like, how did we do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? like It's like, oh, Sunday, yeah, I'll just go out and run 20 or 22 or whatever it is. And it's like, now I'm like, it's such like a big effort, you know? So I just think once you kind of get removed from that, you know, routine, it can be a little bit of a, of a challenge generally. But, um, so moving on from that college experience, um, you know, in 2012, uh, you were the youngest entrant, right, on the starting line at mm-hmm. the Olympic trials uh, for the marathon at 22. Um, you look, you look, con- you look more confused <laughs> than I am. Um,
2: there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's for, for, for those of you who are listening. There's like an umbrella with a light. There's like these two lights attached to a ladder. It's a very professional yeah, setup. Yeah, there here. there's a lot of stuff going on here. I, I'm not sure that I was. Uh, Prepare for all this, but it's good. It's great. I love seeing how it's all done.
1: This is a big budget. Yeah, big budget production here. I'm in Hollywood right now. Paparazzi waiting outside. Yeah, right.
0: More like like kids kids waiting for their pizza. Um,
2: Baseball.
1: Right.
0: But so what? um, So what was that experience like? Because I know for most people, it's a longer transition to the marathon race. I know you and I had been in relatively close close contact at that time when you were transitioning, you know, out of college and then, you know, running the half marathons that qualified you for the full. It was
2: kind of you that got me. That's not what I'm looking forward to. But 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 like I have to make this clear. Um, Craig he reached out to me, it must have been, I don't know, maybe June, right after I graduated from college, and he was like, Hey, we have some people, you know, wearing these runner's high singlets and, you know, going to these races. You want to be a part of it? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I started running and then I was running with Craig and Pat and and some other people and um, they were doing the Philly half marathon. And so I was like, okay, I'll do the Philly half marathon. And lo and behold, um, by running that race, I was able to get the B standard to qualify for the trials, So that's kind of how that all went down. Um, and, and just being at the trials, the youngest person at the trials, um, I was young and I was sort of ignorant in the sense that I didn't really understand the magnitude of that. So for that, I'm actually grateful because if things hadn't happened so fast, I'm not sure that I would have enjoyed it that as much as I did. Um, it just was kind of this learning experience and at the time, um, there was Coach Asaya, he is based out of DC and he met me at the Philly marathon, or or the Philly half marathon, I'm sorry, and um, he took me under his wing and through him I met Serena Burla, who to this day is a really great friend, Um, she's run a 226 in the marathon yeah (laughs) and she's had cancer twice so read up on serena burla she's really amazing and i love when i get to go visit her Mm -hmm. um but she sort of was my mentor at that time um and i went down to houston and stayed in a hotel room with her and talking with her and, and with coach asaya the goal was to just get through the race and have a good experience so maybe be a little bit more conservative and try to run as close to even splits as I could. And that's what I ended up doing. I came in 51st um, and I ran a 241. And I think my splits were like almost dead even. So it was just this experience of being able to run a marathon and finish a marathon without bonking um, and and just coming out of it thinking that, you know, this could be a possibility for the future.
1: Mm -hmm. Was that your first marathon? Like that
2: yeah, yeah, that was my first marathon, um, and oh because of the, because I qualified through the half in November and the trials that year were in January, I really didn't have mm-hmm. any time to train specifically for the marathon. So, that's kind of what informed like that conservative, run conservative decision. Um, <laughs> I just didn't really have the miles in my legs or anything like that. So, yeah. I mean, thinking back, it went pretty pretty damn well yeah. considering all that yeah for the yeah. circumstances for sure yeah i would
0: just think even too from the perspective of like you know yeah you competing at like a very high level at the ncaa but like you know you go right from like ncaa competition to like competing against professionals like that to me <laughs> would be like a super daunting like experience or task too yeah. um
2: yeah, I th- and and that's kind of another thing. At the time, I I'm not sure that I was that aware of right. that. Right.
0: Sometimes ignorance I like is, is yeah. I, yeah.
2: I was yeah. just kind of like going along with it, yeah. like whatever yeah. it was, and it helped that Serena was there because she was one of the professionals. Sure. So, just be you know seeing her as a real person kind of made everybody else seem like they were real people. Sure. So yeah. that was it. No, it was a great experience. I'm really grateful for it.
0: Yeah. Um. So moving four years down the road from there, so in sixteen you run, you know the Olympic trials again mm-hmm. in LA. Now there's plenty that I'm sure happened between twelve and sixteen, and again for twenty. And I know, like in our sport, like the professionals or the elites aren't supported in the same capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you can you talk a little bit about? like the ebbs and flows of training. And I know like you as like a personal close friend, like that you've gone through mm-hmm. like ups and downs and in terms of like um, not even so much like from a physical perspective, but from like uh, like an emotional perspective or even like from a professional perspective where it's like, um, you know, I'm, you're trying to balance your work, your life uh, and trying to make everything work. Um, so yeah, can you talk a little bit about just kind of like yeah. your relationship with running over, you know, the last couple of years?
2: Yeah, I feel like I could write a book about this, but I'll right. try to I'll try to really only keep like to the most important points. No, we we um, got time. We got time. We're good. <laughs> I mean, I'll talk all day. Um <laughs> so from 2012 to 2016, um I like to say I was just Dealing with a, a lot more things than running in terms of trying to find out what do I want out of life, um, I had a lot of pressure from my family, and it's not because they didn't they they didn't support me, but it was because I think my dad in particular was trying to protect me from like hanging onto this running thing for yeah. way longer than I should have. Um, because he saw how intense it was in college, and I think that he he just wanted to protect me from kind of getting so wrapped up in it that I didn't know what was outside of the running world. So he put a lot of pressure on me, and like you know the way a parent does uh, to you know get my career started. And in 2013, I finished getting my master's in education. So kind of the practical career path for me was to find a teaching job. Um, and while I was pursuing that, I kind of put running on the back burner. I was still running every day, but I wasn't—I didn't have structured training. I didn't really have any direction uh, at that point. I had kind of told Coach Asaya um, that you know I was going to lay low for a while and try to figure out what I wanted to do. So I ended up getting a teaching job. Um, and finally moving out of my parents' house, which I think was sort of, like, that facilitated a lot of things in terms of me discovering, ultimately discovering that running was a part of me. Um, But then I I dealt with a bunch of other things. At one point, I had mono, Mm -hmm. which is kind of strange for, like, I think I was 23 when I got it. Yeah, I was like, like "Why?" Non- f- disease. Yeah, non- like, disease. <laughs> why didn't I get situation? this before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, and it was like right when I started teaching. So I don't know. I got sick so many times the first yeah. year that I started teaching. Those so kids are. Yeah, I I think I my immune system was just getting used to all of that, um, and then a few months after that, I ended up getting a pretty serious um, pelvic stress fracture, which really knocked me out for a long time. Um, I think I didn't run I want to say probably like 18 or 20 weeks I didn't run Um, I just cross-trained just to stay in some kind of shape Mm. Um, and then it you know when you're out for that long it takes a really long time to get Mm. any kind of flow back Um, so fast forward a little bit I ended up qualifying for the 2016 trials in LA like two months before they were to be held because the standard had been raised from, or the B standard had been raised from 243 to 245. And back in 2013, before I got my full-time teaching job, I ran the Philly Marathon in 243 and change and just missed the B standard. So I was like, okay, like, it's just not gonna happen in 2016. And then one day it was like the, sometime in December, I find out that I oh you qualified now, so you know coming from no kind of base of fitness or whatever, I'm like okay well I can't qualify for the trials and not run no. it, so yeah. I'm like I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go. Um, needless to say, the race was a disaster, not only because I wasn't fit for it, but um, because it was really hot and I was training in New Jersey winter.
0: Yeah, it's LA. It's not yeah. Like yeah. The old situation.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really, really hot and like it did. You know, it was even unseasonably warm for there. Sure. It, yeah, I yeah. think it got like to 85 or 87 during the race. Um, but anyway, that is kind of what. Facilitated like the my running rebirth in yeah. a way, and and I can only really say that looking back now, I didn't know that at the time, but I think going there and being in the atmosphere and being really disappointed with the fact that I I wasn't prepared and that I sort of embarrassed myself out there, it made me like want to come back and and prove myself. Um, so over the next. Couple of years, things kind of blend together now. But I ran the Hartford Marathon. Um, I think that was in 2016. Ran a 2:46, and then I was like, ah, oh, that that didn't feel so bad. I think I'm gonna run another marathon in like a month. So then I ran the Philly Marathon <laughs> and ran 2:43. So I dropped three minutes in like a month. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm I'm I want to start. I want to do something big. Um, so I decided to run the New York City Marathon in 2017. Um, and all of this I was doing with no coach. Mm. Um, so I ran New York. And again, like a subpar performance ne- in the buildup never felt like I was where I wanted to be. So after that, I was like, all right, I'm either going to quit or get a coach. That, like, to me, those were the only two options. And that's sort of how I do a lot of things in my life like it's either I'm gonna go all in or I'm just not gonna do it there's really no gray area for me especially with something that I'm passionate about so I was very fortunate to link up with uh, Hector Matos I, I think I'm saying his last name right he's gonna hear this and be like you know I don't know whatever. <laughs> um, but he is great he is like a match made in heaven uh, for for a coach for me because he He kind of trusts me and trusts my experience and my maturity at this point. So he came into my life at just the right time. And he's sort of just a person that I can bounce ideas off of. He's like the brains behind the training. I love just following a training schedule and I love being told what to do. Um, I never really had that since college, I guess. I mean, I had it a little bit afterwards, but for all of those years, I was just kind of like trying to figure it all out myself. Um, and that's that's kind of where I am now. I have my coach guiding me. I'm part of the Leonia Track Club, and there are a lot of people who are just trying to, like, become a better version of themselves in running. Um, it's a really great place because I feel, I feel like I'm having a ton of fun with it at this point. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the part, you know, the w- when you're talking about having a coach and a plan and things like that, I definitely think that there's... A lot to to be said about that Mm -hmm. you know I think Mm -hmm. there's regardless of you know the training has to be on point to some extent but you know getting a plan uh, and executing it is like generally the 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 thing that's gonna give you the most confidence you know it's not so much if hey are we doing you know thousand meter repeats one week and mile repeat over mile repeats right I mean the works the work but to be able to give a plan or to be given a plan and like execute it to a t like then you feel like you're ready as opposed to if you're writing something yourself mm-hmm. then you're like is this the right thing is it not i don't know um i mean like i've always felt like the most confident stepping to the line when like i know that like i've hit certain check marks that i've been given mm-hmm. as opposed to like me trying to like throw darts and against there's the board.
2: there's also something to be said just about like your coach believing in you mm-hmm. p- perhaps more than you believe in yourself right like sometimes i'll i'll do a workout or run a race and i'm just like oh whatever and and hector kind of points out like all of the good things i did and and maybe the things that i need to work on and it's you know he's he's never like too brutal either way he's mm-hmm. just very like okay now we're gonna get down to business and it's all about just like gritting through and and just like I don't know. Learning how to persevere, mm. and um, just having someone else who's basically telling you like you're you've got this, you can do it. Uh, I I know what you're capable of, and and we're gonna get there. It's just so cool to have that kind of like partnership.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes you just need to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think that's yeah. kind of like the best coaches that are out there. Like they're willing to give that feedback or know they're there to support their athletes even more so like you were saying then sometimes the athlete believes you know in themselves so mm-hmm. so a couple more questions before we get to the fun part uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. so what's next
2: um next the, the next big one that I just started training for is the grandma's marathon mm-hmm. um, and for those of you who haven't heard of that it's actually uh, it's a pretty big marathon and has a lot of history to it it's in Minnesota Duluth I mm-hmm. believe is how yep. you say the town Uh, it's point to point and kind of runs along like the Great Lakes I forget which one I don't know which one it is either is it superior I don't know you guys are going to have to google that I'm sorry (laughs) Um, yeah but it just it falls at a good time being in June Um, I don't think I would have been able to get ready for Boston this year that would have just been way too quick and also boston i feel like it's really hard to train for living in new jersey because we our winters are so unpredictable like you could have gotten one like this winter where it didn't really snow that much or you can get totally dumped on and (laughs) like not be able to train yeah so grandma's is next and then i'm not too sure i guess kind of day by day after that and, and and make a new plan for the fall
0: yeah cool um So a little bit off topic in terms of your own running accolades, but um, you know, a couple weeks back we had you know that college night here at the store, which you're a huge contributor to, uh, which I obviously appreciate.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, that was a really great night.
0: Um, You know, so I've definitely I made mention to you before that I, I, I like. I would push you into like, if I had to push you into a profession, uh, you know, I think you would make a phenomenal, uh, like motivational speaker or or mentor, uh, especially to like youth, you know, athletes, Uh, you know, and even I've, you know, reached out to you uh, on a few occasions to speak to athletes that that I've worked with in the past that I might not have had the right voice for. you know so for you going through all the different experiences from from high school to competing at like the, the high-end level and you know in college and then ultimately now at the elite level um, professionally like what is some uh, you know tips or advice that you could kind of you know impart some wisdom on for for the youth here
2: yeah I I feel like it's a very <laughs> big, big I and know. broad question I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. like i said i definitely could write a book about all this because i'm so passionate about it but um i think maybe my the biggest advice that i would give is that you can only do what you're doing in the moment like you can only really focus on what's in front of you right now and i think that um it's really easy especially if you are competitive and you are trying to really do everything right to to get to that next level it's easy to get wrapped up in like what you should be running or what you should be doing and like the idea of what this all should look like but the only way that you're going to make gains and make them in a healthy way um you know both physically and mentally is to do what you can do right now. Do what you can do for today. And and then the next day, wake up and focus on that day. Um, when I think back to college, I think that I was doing a lot of things that or, – or maybe thinking about things in a way that I didn't quite have the experience or the maturity for yet. So maybe in a way I was like kind of treating myself as what I thought maybe like a professional runner should be – doing um, but I just wasn't there yet mm-hmm. uh, and I you know looking back one thing that I would change about my own journey is is to take it all in at the moment or in the moment and um, and trust that if I do those little things they're gonna add up and that consistency is gonna add up and I'm I'm gonna eventually get there mm-hmm. and there may be a couple bumps in the road but those are things that I need to take in stride also
0: mm-hmm. So right. it's just the that's just the yeah, stride. <laughs> that's just the the preface to the the book, right? Mm-hmm. That you're that you yeah, writing. Yeah, I
2: know.
1: <laughs> well, this whole running thing doesn't work out. You can just start writing. And I you know.
2: know. Yeah, you you I listeners, start start. if you think I should write a book, just like you know, comment or something. <laughs> you were an English major, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I love they're... writing. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. one day when I'm done running. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so we'll kind of throw a bunch of random questions at you before okay. we get into uh, the think quick component to it. But okay. we did have a couple of listener questions. Mm-hmm. Some I had to sift through mm-hmm. because some were jokes <laughs> uh, and some were.
2: Uh, I kind of want s- to. I want to hear those after this the is jo- done. Oh, we, can yeah.
0: do, we can do that afterwards. So, all right. So we put out there on Instagram. You know, that we we're going to have you on the show tonight. Uh, so if there were. Uh, you know questions that people wanted to ask you uh, they could you know send them on into us so uh, you ready mm-hmm okay I'm ready all right
1: so the first listener asks how do you stay injury free um, me personally well
2: well let me just first start by saying that sometimes you you can't really control um, you know there are times when something freakish happens and you don't you can't really explain it but for me personally right now um, some things that I am doing small exercises that engage muscles that maybe you don't engage so much while you're running. So um, I have some hip stuff that I do, uh, like glute bridges, some abdominal exercises, um, stuff that's kind of like making me hold my body around my core. Because uh, even though running can like, you think that it's working those muscles, when you start doing planks and stuff, you're like, "Ah, I'm not so sure if it is. So... Mm -hmm. I like to keep all of those muscles strong, and something else that I was just talking to Craig about, um, I'm trying to get on more soft surfaces, which I've been really bad about over the last couple of years, because I live in Asbury Park, and there are literally no soft surfaces, so I've, I've been kind of making an effort to, like, drive to places that have some dirt or gravel, crushed gravel paths, so those are two big things right now. That's a good
0: idea. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, Pre and post-race rituals.
2: Okay. So this actually, I I wish that I I could have talked about this a little bit more.
0: You can go. We go. We're good. So
2: one thing that this new thing that I do before races, I've been doing it for maybe the last like 10 months or so, maybe a little bit before that. But I journal exactly what I'm going to feel like as soon as I wake up on race day. So I like walk through the whole thing in my head and write it all down, um, and and I kind of like make up these scenarios. Like, okay, you know, you're you're on your way to the starting line, and like you realize that you forgot something, or mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? Um, and I kind of write down, all right, you're standing on the starting line. You're gonna look around. You're gonna see these. These people who you're about to race with, how are you going to feel, or or what are you going to think about to make sure that you stay focused? Um, And I will literally write it. I'll I'll write this whole scenario until I cross the finish line, like up till the last sentence or whatever. The last line that I write might be like, "You look up at the clock. Everything is burning. Um, You know, somebody. You're trying to fend somebody off. Are you? Are you going to make this happen?" Um, and it just kind of prepares me for all of those feelings. I think it's easy to go into a race a little bit passively and like, oh, I'm in shape; it's just going to happen. Um, but I think that now that I'm, you know, more experienced, I think there's such a huge mental preparation that goes into like running your best times. I think it's so necessary. Um, and post race rituals.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, how? Who? Li- Beer. I, 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 gonna ask I drink asked, beer. I drink beer. I drink beer. Well, I don't know. Am I allowed to say that? I, I drink beer. I love oh, beer yeah. at the end of a race. At That'd the end fun. of um, the Chicago Marathon, they just had, like, these giant beer cans they were handing to people. And I'm talking, like, a minute after I crossed the line. And I was like, yeah, I'll take one. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely take one of those and, like, five more. <laughs> yeah, but got to celebrate. That's sure. Instantly. Yeah. All
0: right. So, last listener question. Explain... How to become a wildcat, and we're not talking about Villanova wildcat in terms of applications and applying and going to the school. Uh, can we explain, and then what, what's the meaning behind the nickname? But
2: okay. You're not talking about. Villanova? Do, do you want me? Do you want me to just you give you the whole story, story as to how yeah. that happened? So, so dear listeners, my <laughs> my nickname is the wildcat, and it's like really caught on. This has been since 2014. And somehow now my coworkers have have gotten wind of this, and and they now call me Wildcat. Um, (laughs) But I need to explain how this all started. So my boyfriend, Jarrett, I met him around the time when this all went down in 2014. And he had been explaining to his sister about me, like just talking about me, and I hadn't had a chance to meet her and her husband yet. So he's like, you know, visiting them every once in a while, and I still haven't met them. And at some point, his brother-in-law, Mike, he was like, you know, all this all this craziness, all these, you know, is this person real? You say she went to Villanova, this and that. She sounds crazy. Like, she must be the wildcat or something like that. I mean, I'm probably t- kind of getting the story wrong, but since then, that has been my nickname. And anytime time I'm, like, super blunt about something or I start arguing with someone or I, like, pull one of my, like... You know, drop somebody on a run and say it's your choice to be dropped. They're uh, like, oh, that,
0: that's a story we yeah, can definitely uh, get into. Wildcat
2: yeah. is out. Wildcat <laughs> is here. So that the nickname the will never out. leave me. It started by that's being a villain of a Villanova wildcat, but it's evolved um, very much. All I'm
1: thinking about is High School Musical. Aren't they the Wildcats?
2: Yeah, somebody said that to me the other day at work.
0: Uh, you're talking to the wrong guy there. Yeah, right. I,
2: I'm not super familiar either, but yeah, let's go with it. Uh. And I got the right hair for it when it's down so (laughs) And when it's humid
0: A new little segment Grace is going to run here
1: So this is called Thunder or Lightning And it's basically I'm going to ask you questions like this or that Pretty fast and you just have to answer it you, have, you have okay I figure that you're the
0: good you're a good first person to yeah. uh, to have um, on to do this Yeah Don't
1: be nervous there it's not like... I know I
2: need to turn off my like overthinking things All right turned off <laughs> that, was that was great Okay so there's I think
1: 10 or 11 questions uh, they're fun questions. Okay. And just don't think about it. So I'm just gonna right. move on okay. to the next question, okay? I okay? um, will start with like running and then just go. Out. Okay. So first question. Ready? Roads or track? Roads. Biking or swimming? Biking. Sweet or salty? Salty. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Yes. Reading <laughs> or writing? <laughs> writing. Cats or dogs? Cats. Baseball or soccer? Soccer. Beer or liquor? Beer. Netflix or chill? Netflix. You've passed. <laughs> 98%. <laughs> I like those. All right.
0: so with that, uh, there's one question that we always ask all of our guests. I may have uh, already answered it. What that? Go ahead. You may have already uh, answered it? Oh, I, oh, I, oh, I oh, yeah, I it. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. Alright, so uh, one question that we'd love to ask all of our guests. If you had to name a running shoe after yourself, what would it be and why?
2: It would be the Wildcat. There it is. And it would have to have the appropriate animal print. Um, you know, something that looks like a tiger or, or one of those.
1: It actually have fur on it. Yeah,
2: no, it has to have fur. It has to be, like, it has to double as a running shoe and a shoe that you could, like, go to the club in. All right. because you know? we just all cut go to the club
1: and just glue it to the shoe. And
2: to the shoe. <laughs> Yeah. Um, any
0: Authentic. number,
2: like like the wildcat. Oh, I would go with the wildcat nine, because my coach in college had like a real. She nine was like her number, mm-hmm. and we used to take our our bib numbers and like t- try to add up all the numbers to make nine, like <laughs> add or subtract them. Like oh well, four plus ten is fourteen minus five is nine yeah
0: Villanova grads yeah you know? yeah
2: we're we're really sharp right yeah <laughs> the,
0: that great Augustinian education that we got so <laughs> alrighty so the Wildcat 9 yes is, yes right? the
2: Wildcat 9 alrighty cool buy it. yeah you buy it I yeah. would too on the walls here in freehold next week
0: <laughs> no. alrighty so before we wrap up let people know where they can find you socially
2: um, I have an Instagram. It's Amanda underscore Marino, but the O is a zero, I believe. I think if you just type my name in there you'll find it. Um, I do have a Twitter. I don't tweet as much. I, I don't do you know. It's a going trend. Yeah, I, I can't get on the Twitter bandwagon as much, but I, I try to keep my Instagram updated with like really cool pictures of where I'm running and my races. So definitely hit that up.
0: Cool. Awesome. All right, guys, so we want to wrap up for the night. So thanks again to our guest, Amanda the Wildcat <laughs> Marino. Uh, we really appreciate her time. Uh, always fun sitting down and chatting. Um, but we want to hear from you guys. So definitely send us those questions. Uh, you can follow along with us using the handle at RunnersHighNJ on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, by using the Apple Podcast app, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll catch up with you all next week.